Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Every year at Buffini & Company, we put on an elite event called the Peak Experience that focuses in on personal and professional growth. An anchor principle always taught and practiced is goal setting. And in today's show, we hear Joe Nigo, Brian's longtime friend and America's number one listing agent, teach a goal setting process that will help you clear out obstacles, keep you consistent, and significantly improve your rate of achievement. Let's listen in. Have you ever set a goal and not achieve it? Yes or no? How many of you have set the same goal more than once? More than twice? More than five times? Yeah. I know it's tough. Because many times you go through a goal writing session, even myself, it's kind of like blowing up an empty paper bag. And you're here in an environment where it's just awesome. Soft playing music, right? You got supportive people around. You're oozing with motivation and you're just full of hope. And you're pouring all your energy into your goal. And you're just sitting here and going, well, I'm going to sell more homes. And it's like, I'm going to get healthy and exercise and eat right. And I'm going to hire an assistant. And you have all your hopes and dreams. And then reality sets in. And what happens is the goals you wrote are like an empty paper bag. And you go back and the people back at the office aren't as supportive as the people here. <laughs> the music, it's a little bit too loud, right? And then the hope and the motivation you once have kind of get thrown into the trash can only to be resurrected again at the next event. And then you're at the next event, and Brian's got you pumped up. I'm going to list more homes. I'm going to sell. I'm going to do calls, notes, Popeyes. And then it happens again. And it's the same old, same old, over again. And the goals go by the wayside. Has that ever happened to you, yes or no? It happens to all of us. This goal writing session will be the best session that you've ever participated in. It will be without a doubt because we are just not only setting goals and we've done that in the past and with constraints we haven't had a chance to share the whole process with you. But today we're going to talk about redeeming your golden ticket. What good is the ticket if you don't redeem it? Do you guys agree? And I'm going to give you seven phases of achieving goals. And I'll just give you a little review right here. I'll give you the seven phases. And the first phase of redeeming a golden ticket is really understanding and be able to identify. Just be able to identify what you truly want and how it aligns with you. Number two, we're going to talk about the connection phase. Writing it is one thing. Embedding it and connecting it into the fabric of who you are is a whole nother. And then we're going to talk about how to plan one of the most undervalued skills in all of life. I'm going to show you what I did and how you could do the same. And then we're going to talk about being bold. How do you be bold without being rude? I'm going to give you exactly how to do it. Number five, I'm going to teach you a principle that every successful person uses. It's called the clear-out principle. And I'll give you some examples. You'll be using this principle each and every day moving forward. I'm going to talk about feedback. 
how feedback is so vital that if you don't have daily mechanisms in place as far as feedback, as far as letting you know if you're getting closer to or further from your goal, if you don't have that in place, it'll be an empty paper bag experience. And then we're going to talk about the process. It's about the whole process, the ups and the down process, and how you have to trust the process. I'm going to cover all seven of those. All right? I don't take this stage for granted at all. You know, Brian, entrust me to be with you. I do not take that for granted. I put a tremendous amount of time and energy into helping you get closer to redeeming your golden ticket. And I asked him, I said, bro, I got these resources and tools that I use in my own business. Can we ask the team to use their talents so we could take these seven phases, put it in a tangible tool workbook format, and can we do that where we could get one to each and every member? And of course, he said, no doubt, let's do it. So we have a resource for each and every one of you that we're going to cover all seven of these steps that you'll be able to use each and every day. We have one for you right now. Let's get them for you. Now, don't be opening up and looking at it yet. Don't open your golden resource. And you should have grabbed a pencil. It's so important to use a pencil in this process, going through the phases. You know why? Because once a goal is set, it needs to be led. You thought Brian was the only talented one, did you? It needs to be led. All right, so in this process of redeeming your golden ticket, it's real important to use a pencil, and there's an eraser here. And what do you think the eraser is for? When you make a mistake or you make something you don't want to write, you use the eraser. It's kind of your get-out-of-jail-free card. We'll be using both today. All right, so here's what happens. Brian and I were in Richmond, Virginia. A woman pops her hand up, has a question. She asked the question. She said, I've been in coaching a long time. I've been in real estate a long time. Here's the truth of the matter. I'm tired of chasing goals. It's just another thing on my to-do list. It creates a lot of discontent. It requires a lot of energy. It's emotionally draining. She said, I'm tired of doing that. What's your take on it? And I responded. I said, your goals are written and created for you, not you for your goals. Your goals should serve you, not you serve your goals. And I gave her this advice. I said, your goals should be elusive, something that's been a little bit hard for you to get. They should be personal, something that's important to you. And they should be life-enhancing. Got to make your life better. Isn't that what this is all about? Is about putting in the work, learning, growing, so it enhances our life. Your goals shouldn't be just a trophy that you could put up on the shelf. It's not something that I have to conquer. It should be life-enhancing. That's why we go through this process, and as you set a goal today, I want you to think about that. I want your goal to be life-enhancing as we move through here. Because we're going to be talking about redeeming your golden ticket. And let's first learn what the word redeem means. Redeem means, you can write this down, is to gain possession in exchange for payment. In exchange for payment. 
So it's gain possession in exchange for payment. So you're going to redeem your golden ticket. There is an action step in the title that says there's going to be payment that needs to be made. And payments aren't at all new to us. I mean, we make a car payment, we make a house payment, and hopefully, hopefully we make an income tax payment, right? So you make these payments. Redeeming your golden ticket is going to require, you can write this down, an installment payment, a payment that may need to be made every day, every week, every month. Just write that on the side, an installment payment. Next is ticket. What's a ticket? It's a piece of paper that gives the holder a certain right. It just gives you a certain right. So as we go through this today, and you use the golden resource, and we go through all seven phases of this, you're going to have a golden ticket that gives you the right. And the seven steps will be the payment that's required to get you closer to your goal and to accomplish that. Does that sound good? So I'm going to give you all seven steps here. I'm going to start with the first one right here. Are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Let's dive in here. Let's dive in here. Are you ready? Here we go. Phase number one. Phase number one is clearly identify the goal. You got to clearly identify the goal. Now, how do you do that? You got to be specific and detailed. The goal should be achievable and relevant. And it has to be, this is big, it has to be consistent with your values. It has to be consistent with your values. So specific and detailed, achievable and relevant, and consistent with your values. And therein lies, I feel, most of the frustration and discontent in goal writing and goal setting is that many of us sit down to write a goal, and what do we think? If you're like me, this is how I think. I sit, sit in your seat, what do I think? And it's got to be more. My goal's got to be more home sold, more money made, and it's all about more, more, more. You ever have that thought? Or it's got to be big. It's either go big or go home. Or it's got to be a big goal. I make a million dollars. I got to climb a mountain, run a marathon. You ever fall prey to that? Or it's a goal that you go, uh, I don't know what I should write here. What should I write? Oh, I should do this, and I should do that. I should, 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 and we're shooting all over ourselves. <laughs> Is that true? And just so you know, I've fallen prey to all three. And for me, it became an empty paper bag experience. Have you ever set out a goal that doesn't totally align with your own values? Has that ever happened? And I'll tell you, life has a way of kind of beating you up sobering you up, getting you closer to your values. I love this quote right here. It says, if you don't make time to work on creating the life you want, you're going to spend a lot of time dealing with the life you don't want. Isn't that true? Now, this guy's name is Kevin No. We've all set goals that don't align with who we are. We've all set a goal for more and bigger, and that might not be totally important to us. So what happens is we get here and we... And then all of a sudden, your values will always win out. Your own values run out. And then that goal that you, now it's like, oh, I, I never hit my goal. I do it over and over again. I'm not, it's like, no. I want you to think as we go through the phases today, what goal really aligns with who you are? What life experiences have impacted you? And I think the older I get, the more mature I get. And I've had an experience where, and you guys, many of you know, my father had passed away when I was 22 years old. 
I was caught between a boy and a man. And I thought my dad walked on water. So here's a picture of my dad right here. Me and him. This is our last picture together. And Brian talks about, we talk about pebbles on the pond and the ripples. He was the guy, my dad was the one who coined the phrase, it's a good life. Yeah, I look at this picture. My dad is 53 years old. I'm 22 years old. Right now, I'm 53 years old. My oldest son is 22 years old. My dad passed away from a massive heart attack. That's very sobering as far as when we go through, what do I truly want? What a loss we've had. You guys know two years ago, I had to leave the event early. This is my sister, Nancy. So many of you have gone through this. You know it's very sobering. My dad passed away massively right away. My sister, we've walked her through a 14-month journey that was painful. And the most painful part of the process, and my sister Nancy would tell you herself, was to watch my mom have to deal with it. It has a way of maturing you and really getting down to what really matters in life. And many of you have gone through similar things. You know, there's nothing that brings more perspective to life than death. We all know we're going to die. We just don't think we will. And I love this poem by Robert Downing Hamilton. And he said this, and you could tell he's experienced pain because he said, I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow and never a word said she, but oh, the things I've learned from her when sorrow walked with me. I've learned some things along the way on what I want and what's not so important anymore. And when you are going through this process, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be more. And don't be shooting on yourself. What's truly important? What aligns with your value? So I'm going to give you an example of what I've done in setting a goal. Here would be my goal right here. This is one of my goals is optimal health. Now, most people, when they say they want to get healthy, they always do weight. And I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm just trying to gain health. Massive difference between the two. Weight is a manifestation of being healthy. A losing weight is. So, optimal. Now, you might look at that and go, is that specific enough? Well, you have the main direction you want to go in. And then what I have is little target mini goals. I want my blood pressure to be 115 over 75. I want my pH level, you know, the alkaline acid. I want that to be at 7.25. Cholesterol level to be below 200. The resting heart rate, 65. And then exercising, I want to do that four days out of the week. My triglyceride levels, I want to get that below 150. And then my A1C reading, which is a reading that lets you know if you're on track to get diabetes or not. I want that to be between four and five. Now, those are my target goals. I got my optimal health because I know many times people go, well, I'm kind of more seasoned in life. I don't exactly know what I want. Has that ever happened to you? You don't know what you want? Well, even if you don't know what you want, you know the direction you want to go in. If I exercise four days out of the week, I know it's, I'm going in that direction. If I have my blood pressure down, I know it's in that direction. And I have a list of these little mini goals that'll take me closer. Are you with me on this, yes or no? I did one for health. I, I have another example for you. Is like, just say if you're here and you want more financial security, 
All right, financial security is where you want to go. That's the direction. Here are the mini goals that will take you closer to where you want to go. Maxing out on your retirement account. Auto saving $1,500 a month. Paying off $500 worth of credit card debt a month. Build up cash reserves to $60,000. Increase income by $45,000. Build up your passive income level to $5,000 a month. And then have one place where you have all your financial information. Now, I just know this. This is an example for you. You can put your own down. But I just know this. If you accomplish six of those seven little target goals, you'll be going in the right direction. What if you had a business goal? What if you had a business goal to generate $250,000 net a year? It would look something like this. You might do this. I want a detailed P&L that's accurate. I want to increase my database by 20%. I want to raise my percentage of referrals by 75%. I want to generate five listings a month and seven transactions each and every month. Get listings at 65% to 35% buyers. And I want to do lead generation. I want to win the year. Now win the day, win the month, then win the year. I'm just telling you, if you do that, you're moving in that direction. Do you agree with me, yes or no? So here's what I want you to do. Pull out your golden resource. Turn to number one, identify. And I want you to identify your overall goal on the top and then the little mini goals or little target goals that'll take you in that direction. You can write that down as well. You can use a spiritual goal. You can use a relational goal. You can use a business, financial, or a health goal. But make it align with your own values, what's important to you. Not what you should have, but what's most important to you. And we're going to do that right now pick one goal. Just one goal. It's going to be one goal you want to hit. All right. How many of you felt like you got something, a goal that you wrote down that aligned with your own personal values? Could I just see a show of hands? Okay, great. I know you might need a little more time at this process, but it's most important that you understand the process that's involved here, is really understanding what you want and then having little targets along the way to get you there. Is that helpful to you, yes or no? All right, can you do this? Can you just, everyone, grab onto your golden resource, hold it up in the air, and say, I have a golden ticket. ticket. All right, next, we're going to talk, number two, is you got to connect and embed. This is so important. You can write a goal, but if you do not connect and embed, what happens? It, It just becomes an empty paper bag. Because it's something that you did in an event that was in a controlled environment, but you didn't connect it to who you are and what you're all about. And you get on the cycle of up and down. So I'm going to give you the trifecta, three elements to help you redeem that goal right there. Are you ready for them? You've heard me talk about them before. I'm going to talk about it again. It's about your head, your heart, and your hands. Head, heart, hands. Why is it important to get it ingrained and embedded in your head, heart, hands, because your head gives you focus. Your heart is where your beliefs come in. And then your hands are for action. It's the alignment of all three, head, heart, hands. So many people go, well, that's what I want to do. And maybe there's a little bit of focus, but you don't believe it in your heart. Some people go, I think I really want this. I believe it. Oh, I do. But they don't take action. All three. Head, heart, hands. And I'm going to give you a little bit. Turn to your golden resource. I want you to write these thoughts down, and I want you to refer to them on a regular basis. 
Because we hear about focus all the time. Brian talked about Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. What was the one quality that made them successful? You remember Brian talking about this? And what was it? Focus. I want to give you a tip that Steve Jobs gave everyone about how to get more focus. It's pretty simple. Focus is about saying no. You can write that down. Write it right in your golden resource. Right next to head, write, focus is about saying no. You got to get good at saying no. And I'm not saying say no to only people. I'm selling real estate. I'm focused. I'm going into my office. Sometimes it's saying no to drama. Sometimes it's saying no to negativity. Sometimes it's saying no to gossip. Sometimes it's saying no to social media. Sometimes it's saying no to sleeping in late. It's no, no, no. This is what I'm going to do. Get good at saying no. Can I hear you say no? No. Okay, I won't ask you again. All right, next. Head. Get good at saying no. Number two is heart. You'll hear people say, I believe in all my heart. Have you heard people say that? Yeah. Because that's where, in my opinion, where your beliefs come in. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And Brian often will refer to me, and he'll say, the book that really got Joe Nego going, there's no doubt about it, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I told Brian about it. I've read it a number of times. I've listened to the tapes. But the one book that has had the most major impact on me was the book called As a Man Thinketh. Have you read it? As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. This book right here, it's only 21 pages, I'll tell you, one of the most impactful little poems I've ever read is when I first got into real estate, someone gave me this book, and I read this little poem right in the beginning of the book, and it goes like this. It says, mind is the master power that molds and makes, and man is mind that evermore he takes. The tool of thought and shaping what he wills brings forth a thousand joys, a thousand ills. Now watch this. He thinks in secret, and it comes to pass. Environment is but a looking glass. I love that phrase, the looking glass. It's a mirror. My grandmother used to use that term, the looking glass. It's actually a mirror. It's how you think is what you see. You know, you're in the real estate business. The market's bad? Well, you're going to see the market bad. Market's good? You'll see the market's good. You work with a buyer? You expect him to buy? He will buy. She will buy. It's your environment. It's just your looking glass. When it comes to your goal, if you believe in your heart that you are going to achieve that goal, it will be achieved. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he. And then with the hands, it's all about action. Just do it. Just do it now. Just do it again. Because there's going to be some habits and some skills that need to get developed in order to achieve that goal. So it's just do it. Just do it now. Just do it again. So when you're going through a lull, You're going through those valleys and you have to make more calls or you have to get up early or you have to exercise. Just tell yourself, just do it. Just do it now. Just do it again. Because if you have it in your head and in your heart and in your hands and those three are aligned, you are embedded and connected to your goal. Without having that in place, it's an empty paper bag. 
I mean, Jim Rohn said this about goals. He said, there's no telling what you can do when you get inspired. There's no telling what you can do when you believe in them. There's no telling what will happen when you act upon them. You know what Jim is saying? It's all about your head, heart, hands. You guys got that? Step number three. Here's the phase number three. This is a big one. This is big. Because I think most people set a goal. They do get it in their heart, head, and hands but they struggle with establishing a plan of attack. It's hard to set a plan of attack. George Patton once said, a good plan violently executed today is better than the perfect plan executed next week. What do we all try to do? We set a goal. We know we should do it. We want to make it perfect. Have you ever fallen prey to that? Yeah, it's like, oh, I got to be proud. What if I, what if, then that, and then should I, should I, should I? <laughs> Because setting a plan requires us to think. And I'll tell you, there is one area that I've really grown in over the last eight years is really planning. Because I've really learned how to slow down and really think. I don't take my thinking for granted. Really taking my time and thinking, and I'm going to show you how I've gone about doing it. Dr. Seuss even saw the power in thinking. He said, think left, think right, think low, think high. Oh, the thinks we can think if we only... Easier said than done. I'm going to give you three elements to setting up a plan of attack. Number one, and I've talked about this before, I'm going to go deeper with this, is one is you have to mind dump. Number two is really learning how to make advanced decisions. Mind dump, advanced decisions. And then number three is allowing the plan to develop and take shape. Allowing the plan to develop and take shape. So it's mind dumping, make advanced decisions, and then allow the plan to develop and take shape. You've got to be patient. You can't stop until it gets going. Now you can write these three words down. This is how you plan. Number one is you've got to empty your mind, which is mind dumping. You're emptying your mind. And we're going to do that here in a second. But you're just taking an empty sheet of paper and you're emptying your thoughts. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Or you have so much on your mind, you wind up doing nothing? That's because you're on tilt. You have too much in your head. You've got to get it emptied onto a piece of paper so you can see what you're thinking. So you can see what you're thinking. Have you ever done something where you go, I don't know what I was thinking? <laughs> Has your spouse ever done something where you go, what was she thinking? What's he thinking? Well, you, you don't know because you couldn't see it. If you could see it, you'd do something different. The next is decide. You've got to decide. You've got to empty. You've got to see what you have in your mind, your thoughts, ideas, and how it pertains to your goal. And then you've got to decide. I'll show you some decisions I made in advance after a mind-dumping episode. And then you've got to allow it to take shape. This is a process. It's not one time. I've set my goal. I don't understand why it's not happening. Oh, I got a coach. I set a goal. Well, there's a process to it that you need to be fully engaged in. So you've got to empty your mind, see what you're thinking, decide on your thoughts, allow the plan to take shape. Now, this is a reenactment of my health goal. All right, here's a reenactment of some mind dumping and some decisions I made. All right, so here's what I did. I took the pencil. Again, this is a reenactment. And I just mind-dumped a bunch of thoughts that were in my mind. I was looking at 
I know health. I wanted to exercise four days out of the week. And I had to ask myself, what exactly am I going to do? I wasn't going to leave it until Monday morning at 8 a.m. to decide what type of workout I'm going to do. So I looked at, am I going to lift weights, do kettlebells? Am I going to run, yoga? What am I going to do to build muscle? And I made some decisions. I'm going to start doing kettlebells. I'll start doing yoga with Julie. I'm going to try to set that up four days out of the week. I didn't know initially. I dumped it. I was able to see it. I made some decisions. Next, another section is... How was I going to determine my health? Most people use a scale. I think it's good feedback, but it's a lower level feedback mechanism. What's my blood pressure going to be? What's my resting heart rate? How about my cholesterol level? I just dumped that stuff down so I could see what I was thinking. Next, I had habits. You know, on the road, John Gordon talked about it earlier. It is hard to be on the road. And Brian will tell you, your your adrenaline levels are high, low, you're eating in all different places, sleeping in different beds, it's hard. So I had to decide. When I get in town, I find the local Whole Foods, and I go to visit Whole Foods and try to eat as healthy as I possibly can. I want to cut back on sugar. Then next is I had other things like I had the Vitamix machine, I had a juicer, I wanted to get a nutritionist. Now that was a thought I had. But until I wrote it down, it never became a serious element of my goal. So I wrote that down, a nutritionist. I found a woman who was a a health scientist, worked for Kellogg's. She knew all about food. She's awesome. They had a Dr. Tam as a guy is doing some work with. Do you see how that works? I just dumped all my thoughts. And then I started making some decisions. I started doing things like my mother said I need to take turmeric. So I took turmeric to thin the blood. So my mom's like, you got to take turmeric. I take aloe vera every morning, just a little shot to get my alkaline levels up. You see the Vitamix, does that look familiar? There's my recipe right there. That Vitamix is 23 years old. You know where I got the Vitamix from? I got it as a wedding gift. You know who gave it to me? Brian and Beverly. This is interesting. Not many people know this, but that was back in 95. Julie and I got married. We invited Brian Bev. His kids came in as well, and they stayed at our home. So I always tell everyone, the first day of my honeymoon I spent with Brian. (laughs) Now, the first day. It wasn't the first night. Just the first day. But he was in, and he got the Vitamix, and that becomes part of my plan. I also do juicing. So I'll juice two times out of the month. Why two times? That's what I decided I wanted to do. And I put that little brick in place as I build out my plan. Another thing, as far as being more active, I didn't want to sit around and be on the couch late at night. It's kind of a problem time for me. So what I did is I wound up buying a bike. I bought a Townie Electra. And it's an awesome bike. It's oversized. It's almost like riding a horse. It's a beach cruiser. You see the basket in the back? I ride through the neighborhood. Everyone thinks I'm working for Uber Eats. You see how that works? It's just dumping the thoughts, then deciding, allowing the plan to unfold. So I would like you to do this now. If you could take out your golden resource under three, plan. And what we're going to do here, I know you don't have enough room and I know it's tough. Here's what I'm trying to share with you, the process. You're going to do this again and again and again. You have to mind up. You have to see what you're thinking. You have to be able to decide on your thoughts. But this is how the process works for planning. So 
in regards to the goal you want to achieve, empty your thoughts so we can see what you're thinking. Just a stream of consciousness. Just dump what you're thinking. You could draw pictures if you'd like. Okay. Again, this is a process. What you just experienced right here was a planning process. You want to plan for your life. You know, what is it I need to do? You're taking your time, writing it down, so you see in your thoughts, making some decisions one at a time, and then allowing your plan to take shape. You're not going to do it all at once. It'll be a process. So you think about this. You clearly identify a goal that aligns with who you are. You connect it to your head, heart, hands. And then you have a plan of attack. You're on your way. And now you have to take the next step. If I told you I could give you advice that would make you smarter than you already are, make you stronger both physically and mentally, would you put that advice into action, yes or no? Yes. Step number four is you got to be bold. You got to be bold. You got to be bold. You know why? Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. It says, Johann Wolfgang Van Gogh. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Now, when I talk about boldness, I'm not talking about being rude. I'm not talking about being overbearing. I'm not talking about being ignorant. I'm just talking about making a decision and going for it. Now, people go, how many of you would like to be more bold? Can I just see a show of hands? How many of you are sitting next to someone that needs to be a whole lot more bold? Yeah, okay, gotcha. Here's my advice. If you want to be more bold, here's what you need to do. Number one is you got to take more calculated risks. Take a calculated risk. You know what you want to do. You know what you should be doing. You have this thought rotisserizing in your mind, but you haven't pulled the trigger on that. You haven't made a decision on it yet. You haven't been bold to do it. So you take a calculated risk. Number one, exude confidence when you do it. This is what I want. This is what I'm doing. Next is you got to exercise courage. Because maybe achieving your goal has nothing to do with know-how, and it has more to do with character. Your courage to be bold, to go for it. And just make a decision that it would make you feel a little uncomfortable. I had a situation not too long ago. I had been on the road doing a bunch of training events. I hadn't been eating as well as I had liked. I was not sleeping well. And my comfort food is soda. Soda and pizza. Now, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, the Midwest. We call it pop, right? You get pop. I drink pop with uh, popcorn and pizza. Pretzels and pizza, right? Hamburgers and pizza. Pop with everything. As a matter of fact, there's often family fights that take place when someone else comes into the house and we're a Pepsi house and you come in and you drink Coca-Cola, that's a problem. That is a problem. That's how connected and emotionally connected I am to soda. Julie and I were out in Worcester, Massachusetts, visiting my son Connor at Holy Cross College. And I had just come off the road, and I was tired. And I said, well, let's go get something to eat. So we wind up going to get something to eat. We wind up going to a local Chipotle. And I love Chipotle because they have unlimited amount of refills on their soda. And we go there, and I'm drinking the soda, and I have another one, and I had three. And I turned to Julie, and I said, this has got to stop. I can't keep on doing this because it tastes good going down but feels bad afterwards. And my son Connor 
turns to me and he said, why don't you just stop drinking pop? And I said, you know what? I've given you a whole bunch of advice in your lifetime and you've taken some of it. But I said, you're giving me some advice right now. I'm taking your advice. And I grabbed the soda. I said, look at this. This will be the very last soda I ever drink in my entire life. And I took the soda and I tossed it away. Now, that was a bold decision to get me to where I want to go, getting me closer to my health goal. It doesn't always have to be that way. You could be in business. You guys know I was at a real estate office. I had 36 other agents. I was doing more production than the other 35 combined. And all these leads coming in, they were all coming to me because I was out there doing the calls, notes, pop. I had the database. I was working the marketplace. And the owner of the company made a policy decision when it came to incoming leads. And they say, you don't generate your own leads. You're part of a team. They go to the entire office. So all my referrals, all my leads coming in started to get dispersed because the other agents were upset that I was just dominating the market. They should be upset but they should take it a different way. So I told the broker I didn't agree with that. I had 55 active listings at that time. I had 45 deal pending listings, over $200,000 in commissions, which was a whole lot of money back 20 years ago. It's even a lot now. And I was anchored there. And my sister, Terry, who works with me, go, what are we going to do? She's crying. Oh, we got all our money. We can't leave it. And it's like, time out. We just opened up our own company, Nego Real Estate. So if you go to Nego Real Estate today and you look at the upper right-hand corner, there was a bold decision made on that day, September 27, 1994, at 4.10 p.m. Sometimes you got to just make a decision. I got done playing basketball. I worked in real estate. And then we had kids. And I told Julie, I love to travel. I never really got a chance to travel. And now the kids are getting older and it's like, Brian was telling me how he went to London and went to Paris and how he went to Normandy. He's like, oh, you got to go. And for a number of years, I've always tried to look for the right time. Let's go now. Oh, we can't because this guy's in school and this guy's taking summer school classes and this guy's in play. There's never a perfect time. Have you figured that out yet? Julie's dad, who just recently passed, actually was involved in the Normandy invasion. I wake up one morning, Julie and the boys are there, and I say, I have an announcement to make. I said, I'm going to London, I'm going to Paris, and I'm going to Normandy. Who's coming with? <laughs> Julie, like, but well, we got this. And I said, I just, honey, with your blessing, I'm going. Who's coming with? And two of the boys go, we'll go. So I go, all right, I gave him my credit card. Book the tickets right now. What dates? I don't know. Give me a calendar. We'll figure it out. I just make a bold decision, and I did. And here's what happened. We all go there. We had the time of our lives. We had the time of our lives. The boys came back. They told Julie and their brothers about it. It was awesome. It was awesome. You know, we still talk about it today. A bold decision got me to go, reach a goal. Just recently, I told them again, I go, woke up and I just had this feeling. I go, I'm going to Italy. Who's going with? And they're going, we'll all go. Now, here's a little advice. Make sure you check your budget before you make proposals like that. But what bold decision do you need to make? What bold decision do you keep on rotisserizing in on your mind that you know will take you closer to your goal, but you just haven't done it? You haven't had the courage, you haven't had the confidence. Whatever it is, what is it? 
I want you to make a decision today or make a decision sometime in the future. I want you to turn to your golden resource and make your decision. And many times you already know what it is. It would look something like this. Here's the example right here. I'm never going to drink soda again in my life. And I haven't. I mark the date and the time when I made that decision. I'm going to London, Paris, and Normandy. I just made that decision. It's been a goal. I've thought through it. It's been rotisserizing in my mind. What is it for you? What is it that you need to do that's going to get you closer to the goal you identified earlier? If you're able to do it, make that decision. Be bold. Be bold. If you're not ready, just think about it. Maybe you do it sometime soon. What is that decision that's been rotisserizing in your mind? It's a calculated risk. It's a decision that you've been on the fence for for a while. What is it? They just identify it for yourself and then make your decision. Be bold. All right, do you have it down? All right. So you got to be bold when you're pursuing what your goal is and what you truly want. And I love this quote right here. Maybe we could say it together. Out with the old, in with the bold. Out with the old, in with the bold. Here's phase number five. Here's phase number five. And this is big. You have to clear out room to work on achieving your goal. You got to clear out room to work. Without clearing out room to work, what happens? It's like you're here, you're undistracted, you're focused, and it's like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to Normandy. And you have that in your plan, and then you get back and it never happens. Because when you get back home, the music isn't soft anymore, and the people aren't as supportive, and then you're kind of pinned in, and then the goal you've written that seemed like a good idea here is not such a good idea there because you don't have time to execute on it. I'm telling you this. You have to clear out room to work. You have to clear out room to work. Michael Jordan, who, in my opinion, is the greatest athlete that ever lived, and he had a principle that he used about clearing out people out of their way. And you'll hear this. Have you ever heard the expression, he's the Michael Jordan of? I always tell Brian, you're the Michael Jordan of sales training and speaking. You are the Michael Jordan. That means you're the best at what you do. Wall Street Journal recently did an article on all the references to Michael Jordan of. It's crazy because here's a guy named Kurt Gutman. Kurt Gutman said, my grandmother is the Michael Jordan of gin rummy. Who knew? In the San Francisco Examiner, they called Al Frazier the Michael Jordan of Scottish fiddling. Brian Capoletto, did you know that he was the Michael Jordan of Scrabble? And this is my favorite right here, Melvin Luntz. He was the Michael Jordan of wood chopping. What? (laughs) When someone says you're the Michael Jordan of, that means you're the best at what you do. There's a standard of excellence. And I've watched Michael Jordan up close, personal, his whole career. And here's what he would do. He would use the clear-out principle. He would dribble the ball down the floor. And when the game was on the line, he would clear people out of his way. His teammates and the defenders, get out of my way. Give me room to work. He'd get them out of the way, and he'd go to work. And he would score. He'd get them out of the way. See, was that a successful principle, yes or no? Yeah, I mean, it's worked for him. But I'm telling you this, 
the most successful people on this planet use the clear-out principle every day. And if you want to achieve your goal and prevent it from being an empty paper bag, you want to redeem that golden ticket, you have to clear out room to work. And this is a more extensive exercise, but let me share with you how you use the clear-out principle. Number one, you've got to eliminate obstacles. You've got to eliminate those obstacles. You know what they are, eliminate them. Number two, you've got to anticipate situational challenges. There's challenges along the way to your goal. You want to be more financially secure? You know what the issues are, and I'll cover some of them for you. And then you've got to make the required sacrifices. You've got to make the required sacrifices. So I'm going to show you an example of this, and I'm going to let you work on it a little bit. But if you look in your golden resource booklet, you're going to see three columns. The first column is what obstacles need to be cleared out of your way, what situational challenges need to be anticipated, what sacrifices are required. Now, this is a deeper level exercise. I just want to get you going and show you how it works. You can extend it more in your small group, but I'll tell you this. If you do not do this, you will have an empty paper bag experience. Just because you set the goal, you identified it, you embedded it, you don't get to this stage, it's empty. Because the obstacles out in your real life are too much. you got to plan for it. So for example, if you had a financial goal, one of the obstacles you might have to overcome would be spontaneous spending, consumer debt, and then maybe even the debt-free, in-debt cycle. I'm out of debt, I'm in debt. I'm out of debt, I'm in debt. And that cycle needs to stop. Like if you want to get for financial security, that's an obstacle. Those are examples of what you could do. What situational challenges need to be anticipated? Social shopping, big ticket purchases, or maybe the obligatory gift holidays. You know, Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries. You don't know what you want to get someone, so you get them a big expensive gift to make up for not planning. My mother has 43 grandchildren. 43 grandchildren. That would drive any grandmother broke. But my mom is very regimented. It's like for your birthday, you get $25. If you graduate from school, you get $50. And she kind of regimented all that because she's on a budget. That's an example of someone being financially secure on how they can plan for those situational challenges. What sacrifices need to be made? You know, stick to a budget, eat at home one extra time a week, reduce debt while saving at the same time. This is just an example. I want you to take a whack at it. I'll give you a few minutes in regards to your goal and you're achieving your goal. What obstacles are in your way that you need to clear out? What situational challenges will be in your way? What sacrifices do you need to make? All right. Again, this is a part of planning. It's a bigger, longer process. This is just for you to learn the process, engage with it just a bit in regards to how it plays into you achieving your goal. So you got to clear out. You know, John and Brian, they were talking earlier about how you have to kind of take care of yourself in order to take care of other people. And many of us, we all have like servants' hearts, don't we? Like you want to do good for people, you want to go the extra mile, and sometimes 
the servanthood mindset that we have or the spirit we have can work against us sometimes. And even in my own home, you know, we all would do anything for our kids or for your spouse or your significant other. You'd do anything for them. But sometimes when we set a goal or I set a goal, sometimes it requires the rest of the family to support what I'm trying to do. And just recently I had told the kids and I told Julie, you know, having five boys, how many of you have boys? You have any of you have boys? All right, I got five of them. They're eating all the time. It's like a swarm of locusts coming through the house. If it's not moving, they're going to eat it. That's why we got to watch the dog. The dog is off limits, right? It's like, I'm going to buy a farm and put them out the pasture. They're just eating all the time. And I'm trying to eat better. I want to eat healthy. So Julie told the boys, is like, we got a little corner of the refrigerator for dad. And don't touch any of dad's food in the corner. So I have, here it is. I got the free raised chicken eggs. I have the guacamole. I have some drinks there. I got blueberries and raspberries. So that's my little section of the refrigerator. I'm not asking too much. And it's hard because the guys, I, I want them to have what, let me know what you want. I'll run to the store and get it for you. But please just don't touch my food, please. That's all I ask. And here they are right here. This is the crew right here. I'll do anything for them. This little guy in the red shirt, he's a guy I had an issue with just recently. He comes into the kitchen and he's eating some potato chips and then he works on some pretzels and then he goes over and has a snicker bar and he's still hungry. He opens up the refrigerator and what do you think he starts eyeing up? My blueberries. Don't mess with my blueberries. It was in the middle of January in Chicago. They were organically grown blueberries, which cost me about 75 bucks a pint. And I see this guy reach up, and I'm standing behind him. I could see what he's thinking. And I see him working his way. He's looking around. He goes, oh, the blueberries. And he reaches up for the blueberries. And I had to protect my goal. I had to clear out. And I told him, I said, do not touch my blueberries. Do not touch my blueberries. That's all I ask. Can I just have my blueberries? Because sometimes... You set a goal, and you have something that's extremely important to you. And there's family or a spouse or kids that they're just, I don't want to say they get in the way. Let's just say they're not as supportive as they should be. And you set your plan, and sometimes me protecting my blueberries was a good thing for him. Because I'm trying to stick to a plan. I'm trying to eat right. And what I needed to do is clear out. I needed to clear out this all sacrificing for the kids and for once I needed to take care of myself. Clear out. I'm going to clear out the negative thinking, clear out the drama, clear out the excuses. I'll clear it out because when you use the clear out principle and you focus on what you need to get done, you're in a position where this goal writing session is not an empty paper bag experience. Are you with me on that? I love this quote by Frank Clark. He said, uh, if you can find a path with no obstacles, it probably doesn't lead anywhere. (laughs) So you got to clear out. There's going to be obstacles along the way. Number six, number six, is set up feedback mechanisms. Feedback mechanisms are real important. They need to be daily. Without a feedback mechanism, what happens is, 
It's an empty paper bag experience. It's something that you're hoping for, but doesn't come to fruition. And what happens is no feedback, you get off path. And I believe that human beings were created with feedback. I mean, God created us with five senses. Sight, sound, smell, touch, and taste. We're constantly receptors of feedback. We use feedback on everything. You need to have feedback in order to redeem your golden ticket. How many of you enjoy barbecuing? I do too, but I'm just not good at it. Until recently, I, you know, the boys, one of the things they like to eat, so Julie and I will get all five of the boys together, we'll have a nice meal, I'll barbecue, and I go to Whole Foods, I get grass-fed beef, and I'll get the nicest cut of, of steak I can find, and what happens is time and time again, I either overcook it or undercook it. I don't know. It looks, sometimes the feedback on the eyes is deceiving. It, you know, sometimes it's gamey, it's not cooked enough, and it's just not good. Julie picks up on this, and she winds up buying me a meat thermometer. Have you ever seen the I grill meat thermometer? Have you ever seen this? A phenomenal Father's Day gift, or Mother's Day gift. But this meat thermometer right here, the thermometer gets injected into the middle of the meat. It, there's a cord to it, and it goes to a transponder that goes through Bluetooth to my phone. And it's taken the temperature inside the meat. So I like my steak medium rare. When I know it's at 140, I know it's time to pull the steak off the grill. My boy's the same way. How would you like your steak cooked? And they'll roll their eyes. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> no, what, how do you like it cooked? And I get the temperature because I can get feedback. I got feedback. Now the, the steaks look much better. They usually disappear real quick. Here's the thought. Many times writing your goal without feedback doesn't keep you on the right path. doesn't keep you going to where you want to go. So here it is. Step number six, you got to do this. You got to have consistent input. You got to have accurate information. And it needs to come from objective sources. And if you can write this on the bottom, it should come in daily. You got to have daily feedback. And I'll give you a couple examples of this in regards to optimal health. I want feedback to keep me on track. So what do I do? I don't use the scale. I use blood tests. So I went to the doctor, got some blood tests done. I have a blood pressure gauge. I take my blood pressure twice a month. Just a form of feedback. I'll also use a Fitbit. You guys use Fitbits? It's a great form of feedback. You ever have a day where you think you're active, but you look at your Fitbit and it was objective? you're not moving as much as you need to move, right? See, without having that feedback, you don't get to where you want to go. Now, I'm going to show you another, the most powerful form of feedback I use when it comes to exercising and health is my calendar. So this example of my calendar, I put a little W. You see all the W's? Now, you're probably thinking, am I a Cubs fan? And those were the days that they beat the Giants and the Dodgers going to the World Series. But no, it's just days I worked out. And I just go, I want to work out four days out of the week. I want to mark it on my calendar. I got that day, and I won this day, and I won this day. And I track it. It's an objective form of feedback. But you could do that with your personal finances. Your personal finances, you could use your net worth, mint.com, bank alerts. Like getting your finances in order and on track is very, very easy. There's a whole bunch of feedback mechanisms out there. In your business, you can use a balance sheet. You could use a company budget. 
or a coach. What is a coach? It's just another form of feedback with a little bit more intensity, right, to keep you on track. You look at Referral Maker CRM, has all the charts and the graphs. Brian and I and the team, we put all this together, giving you a bunch of feedback to get you where you want to go. So what is your goal? What feedback do you have in place? Just write some thoughts down on feedback. What feedback mechanisms can you put in place to get you closer to where you want to go and to let you know when you're off track? What feedback, when you're pursuing your goal, will keep you on track? What's something daily, whether it's in business or in your finances or your health or your spiritual life or relationships? What are you going to use as a form of feedback? Feedback drives behavior. Feedback drives behavior. All right, did you get that? Again, this is going to be a process. You're just getting a gauge on the process. To set a goal without feedback is an empty paper bag experience. You'll never redeem your golden ticket. I love this quote. A very brilliant man once said, there's no such thing as failure. There's only... All right, here's step number seven, is you've got to trust the process. You've got to trust the process. What does the word trust mean? It means an assured reliance on the character, ability, and truth of someone or something. It's an assured reliance. You put your goal in place. You identify what you want. You connect. You get a plan of attack. You're bold in your decisions. You clear out. You get forms of feedback. Your goal is in the bag. It is in the bag. There is no doubt about it if you're serious about it. It is in the bag. You've got to trust that that will happen. You've got to trust the process, which is a natural phenomenon marked by gradual changes that lead to a desired result. It's natural. It's going to be gradual changes that get you to the result. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And I know what happens. I know what happens. You're going to start the process and you're going to go, I know what I want. I'm going to connect it and believe. I really want this. Take action. Here's my plan of attack. You start going down this path, and then there's a setback. And what do most people do? Get discouraged and quit. Here's what I want you to do as opposed to using the word quit or stop. You need to reset. You need to reset, which means to set again or anew. Set again or anew. I'm not quitting. I'm just going to reset. Even my own health goals. I'm like down the path. I'm eating right. I'm exercising. I'm moving forward. And then sometimes I go backwards. Has that ever happened to you? You take three, four steps forward and then two steps back. You experience that? You're not failing. You're just doing the cha-cha. You know, one of those deals. I think that's hilarious. Uh, Oh my goodness. But anyway, but you're just doing the cha-cha. Three steps up, two steps back. Four steps up, one step back. Six steps up, three steps back. You're still making progress. You didn't quit. You don't have to start out. Just reset. Get refocused. Keep moving forward. You guys know my oldest son, Harrison. He's 22 years old now. He actually goes to Hillsdale College. And I love the school's motto. And I want to ask you, what do you think this motto is? And the motto goes like this. Strength, what's in a challenge? What would you put in there? Lies in the challenge? Lives in the challenge? Someone says grows in the challenge? Here it is right here. 
Here it is. Strength rejoices in the challenge. Strength rejoices in the challenge. So every time you have a challenge, my son Harrison, he'll be getting out of school soon. He'll be looking for a job. He started looking for an internship this summer. I did very little to be an overbearing parent to set him up. You know, part of your education is trying to find it. You can call people. You could talk with people. But I'm not going to set up a job for you. And he didn't want me to either. He's like, I got this. I got this. And he'll tell me, strength rejoices in the challenge. (laughs) You keep on going, son. So we covered seven phases of redeeming your golden ticket. There's different phases. This is different than anything you've ever experienced before. Because in the past, we played soft music. You'd write your goal. And my hat is off to Brian. He's put more people through that process. It's wonderful. And we haven't had many venues or opportunity to talk about the process of clearly identifying what you want and moving forward. You think about Charlie. Charlie Bucket. Did he use the seven phases of redeeming his golden ticket? Yes or no? Yeah, he clearly identified what he wanted. He connected. He's like, I have as good a chance as anyone. In his head, heart, hands, he took action. He had a plan of attack. He was bold in his approach. He cleared out. Then he got feedback, and he trusted the process. He even trusted himself when he gave back the gobstopper. Here's my advice to you. What are you going to do with your goal? Maybe even if you didn't write a goal that you're excited about, this is a process. You write a goal and you're excited about it. You clearly identify what you wanted. Does it align with who you are? Did you connect and embed it in your head, hard hands? Have a plan of attack by mind dumping? How many of you made a bold decision? Great. Congratulations. You clear out room to work. You get the feedback. You trust the process. Good things will happen. God bless you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, such great content. We hope you enjoyed this episode full of valuable tools and that you'll put these seven steps of writing goals into action. If you do, we're confident you'll have a higher success rate of achieving them. If you've never been to one of our events, visit buffiniandcompany.com and check out the schedule. Brian and our speakers are even better in person than they are on the podcast. So we'll leave you today with Brian's mum, Therese, giving you an Irish blessing to brighten your week. We'll see you next time. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back may the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face and until we meet again may God hold you in the hollow of his hand see you next time <laughs>